0: Why the Lord commanded us to pray to Him. We could see that it had to do with His sovereignty and our being, our being His children. He's our Father. Now we'll continue to look at the prayer that our Lord Jesus taught us to pray. They're called the petitions or things that we request. The first three petitions, and that's in Lord's Days 47, 48, and 49 Uh, If you'd like to read along what we confess there, you can find it in the Book of Praise, also in the pew in front of you, and it's on page 561. Here the church confesses, what is the first petition? Hallowed be your name, that is, grant us first of all that we may rightly know you, and sanctify, glorify, and praise you in all your works, in which shine forth your almighty power, wisdom, goodness, righteousness, mercy, and truth. Grant us also that we may so direct our whole life, our thoughts, words, and actions, that your name is not blasphemed because of us, but always honored and praised. What is the second petition? Your kingdom come. That is, so rule us by your word and spirit that more and more we submit to you. Preserve and increase your church. Destroy the works of the devil, every power that raises itself against you, and every conspiracy against your holy word. Do all this until the fullness of your kingdom comes, wherein you shall be all in all. What is the third petition? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is, grant that we and all men may deny our own will, and without any murmuring, obey your will, for it alone is good. Grant also that everyone may carry out the duties of his office and calling as willingly and faithfully as the angels in heaven. Beloved Church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, when Christians are adopted into the family of God, they are restored to the relationship or covenant with Him that the Lord created them to live in. When we belong to the covenant, then the Lord says He is our God and we are privileged to be His people, also in His sight. And having been transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light by God's grace, we rejoice to know that we are on God's side. And so rather than only wanting what our selfish hearts desire, like unbelievers, God the Holy Spirit makes us want the same things that the Lord wants. When we follow Christ's model in our prayers, we express our desire to live our lives on the side of the Lord, the creator of heaven and earth, to do everything that belongs to the citizens of the kingdom of heaven, and to submit to his will in everything. The good news is that when we are on God's side, and when we are praying for the things that he desires, we can be sure of getting what we ask for when we pray. God has obtained the final victory over sin and all his enemies for us in Jesus Christ. So that one day we can worship with unhindered or we can worship him unhindered forevermore and isn't that really what drives all our prayers? Isn't that what we really are desiring when we pray? And so in this we could be compared to a player, soccer player, who's invited to play with a favorite soccer team. Now that soccer team that you're invited to play with is already ahead of its opponents by eight goals, and there's only a few minutes left to play. Although the other players have done all the hard work, we still want what they want. We're delighted to be a part of the victory. The act of praying is like donning the jersey of that winning team, already thanking the owners and the coaches for the opportunity to play under their leadership and telling everyone that you want to get out there on the pitch and join in on the last plays. We pray to God with the sense of belonging, with the sense of team spirit Less interested in our own individual play than we are eager to see the fulfillment of all God's plans. And at the same time, like a player who knows there are still several minutes left on the clock and there's more playing to be done, our prayers recognize that God's kingdom is not yet all in all, that creation is still groaning, that our Heavenly Father still has work to do in our hearts and in all creation. Although we know we are playing on the winning team, we have not yet received the crown of glory. We depend on the Lord to, to guide us as we seek to fulfill our responsibility that he has given to us on the great playing field of the universe. We pray because we eagerly desire to see all those things that God told us that he wants to see that his name be hallowed that his kingdom might come that his will be done and I preached to you the gospel of Christ's victory under this theme prayer expresses our desire for all that God desires the glory of his name the fullness of his kingdom and the dominion of his will desiring the same things As the Lord desires, we ask the Lord in prayer to guide us in the truth that he has revealed to us so that we don't waste our time praying to anything that is not him. We are aware, even as we are praying, how often we end up sinning against the second commandment by praying to a being of our own imagination and so often expecting things that God never promised ...from a carved image that is a mere projection of our deceived and selfish minds. That's why we pray that we might rightly know God from His Word and His works. That we might speak to Him in a way that fits His majestic glory. That we may truly align our desires with His desire. And knowing that we can only come to know God and His will from His Word... The first petition of the Lord's Prayer drives us to the Word of God that we also read together this afternoon so that our prayers can be in accordance with His will. The prayer of Jeremiah in chapter 32, verse 16 or 17, it begins with Jeremiah hallowing the name of the Lord. If you want to hallow the name of the Lord, you should look closely at this prayer. We'll do that together. His prayer, inspired by the Holy Spirit, reveals what it looks like to express our desire to serve on the Lord's side as his kingdom is advancing in a hostile world. And so if you have your Bibles open in front of you, you can follow along, you can learn, we can learn together what that means to pray according to God's will. Through Jeremiah's prayer, we, look like, we learn what it looks like to begin our prayers. We take note of how Jeremiah addresses the Lord God at the beginning of his prayer with words of recognition. He says, Ah, you, I, I know who you are. I am your child. And then he continues to use the names and titles that the Lord God gave his church to use When they speak to him, he says, Ah, Lord God, my master, my faithful covenant Lord. And then you'll notice that Jeremiah, just like the believers did in Acts 4, he goes on to speak back to the Lord what the Lord has revealed to us in his word about the amazing works of creation and deliverance. And so Jeremiah rejoiced in the knowledge that God created the heavens and the earth. And yet this God who created the heavens and the earth also had stretched out His arm toward the earth in power and in compassion to protect and save His people. We can hallow God's name by expressing our confidence in Him. Look at at verse 17. Jeremiah in his prayer, he says, Lord, nothing is too hard for you. And then he rejoiced in the steadfast love and mercy of God that remains even when he and his justice punishes sinners. Like Jeremiah, then we hallow God's name when we confess, like you can read in verses 8 and 19, 18 and 19, you can even take these words on when you pray, great and mighty God, whose name. Is the Lord of hosts. Host points to, to innumerable numbers of, of angels that he is over. Great in counsel and mighty indeed, whose eyes are open to the ways of the children of men. And when we tremble with Jeremiah, even as we speak of the Lord who re- revealed himself. In His Word, we we tremble before the holiness of God. We recognize our sins. The Lord God wants us to know as we pray to Him that He is, is great and awesome in His holiness. And we are undeserving sinners that depend on Him completely. And as we consider Jeremiah's prayer and compare it with the prayer of the believers in Acts 4, we will notice that in order to hallow God's name rightly, we have to know His Word, the Bible. We study it carefully, and then we pray in the knowledge of His almighty power, wisdom, goodness, righteousness, mercy, and truth that He has revealed to us in the Bible. You can see in both prayers, there's reference to what God spoke first. And as we use all that God has revealed to us about himself to shape our prayers, and as we follow the instruction and the, and the guidance of the psalms in our prayers, we find that although much of the time we, 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 will, we will be spent rejoicing in the, in the fingerprints of his handiwork and the glory of creation, our main focus in our prayers of hallowing God's name will always be the manifestation of God's love for us in His Son, Jesus Christ. Although we might not be inclined to sing those songs that simply repeat the name Jesus, there can be no doubt in our minds, even as we are on our our knees in prayer, that Jesus displays the glory of God like nothing else. Jesus commands us then to to pray for the very thing that He made possible through His incarnation, through His self-sacrificial love, to pray according to the gospel of salvation and to rejoice every day in the certainty of His victory revealed to us in the Scriptures. And you desire the same things as the Lord God desires, as He showed us what He desired when He sent His Son into the world, when you're desiring the same thing as the Lord, like soccer players who who want the same thing as their coaches and, and fellow players, you will rejoice that He desires to see your salvation, that He delights in the opportunity to live in a relationship with you not only today, but forevermore, and that his kingdom cannot fail. Having recognized the glory of the name of our king, we further express our belief that we are on the side of the king by praying that the kingdom of our glorious God may come in all its fullness, just as he said it would in his word. When we ask God for his kingdom to come, we are asking God for the very thing that he, as sovereign Lord and King, is working to accomplish. The Lord assured Jeremiah of this in the passage we read. Even in the midst of the imminent destruction of the city of God and the exile of all God's people, the Lord said that he would remain their God and they would remain his people. That after the exile, there would be restoration through that remnant of the faithful, that he would not turn from doing good to them. We read that in Jeremiah 32, verses 38 to 41. And Jeremiah responded by obeying God's command to buy a piece of property in the promised land that was about to be destroyed. He's showing his faith in the Lord's promises. And think about that. He bought a piece of property in a land about to be destroyed because God said that he would restore that land. When we pray, your kingdom come, it's like we are buying a piece of land in God's kingdom, raising the banner of God's name over the property in full assurance that he keeps his word. Not only do we show that we believe that God's kingdom has already been established on the earth, but we show that we trust him to allow us, even us, to share in his victory. When his kingdom comes in his fullness, we thank him that we might be standing there to receive the King, our Lord Jesus Christ. in, In the Lord's prayer, our Savior commands us to express our faith in his work by praying for the very kingdom that he has obtained for us by his death and resurrection. When we pray your kingdom come, we are praying as our people, as a people who see themselves in the kingdom with the eye of faith, kind of like soccer players in that winning championship game who are so certain that their team will be holding the trophy in their hands that they are already rejoicing in that happiness and the honor that they and all their coaches and owners will soon be experiencing. And that's how we pray, in that confidence. We confess then that our prayer for the kingdom of, coming of the kingdom of heaven includes the prayer that God will preserve and increase His church. That's explained for us in our confession in Lord's Day 48. We pray that God might preserve and increase his church while we are still in this world, in the world. You see, God has given us this world to live in. He's not given us some other planet. The promise of the coming of the kingdom isn't that he'll take us all away and take us to a new planet and help us to start all over again. Jesus himself explains that he has not come to take us out of the world, but that so his kingdom might overcome the world. If we use the soccer analogy, even as we're praying for the coming of the kingdom of God, we know in our minds that there will not be two winning teams on the field at the end of the match. This means that as God's kingdom advances in the world, as we're praying for that together with, with God who expressed that as His plan, the Lord is placing a decision before every human being to either take a stand with the devil against the Lord and his church and be destroyed, or receive the offer of forgiveness of sins and peace with God and live. And that's the context in which we pray. Desiring that guaranteed victory, the Lord God Himself desires. We pray with the believers mentioned in Acts 4 verse 23 and following that God might remove all the threats to his advancing kingdom. Desiring the fullness of God's kingdom, we ask him to remove all opposition, whether it be the devil himself or any other power that raises itself against the Lord or any conspiracy against God's holy word. And since the Spirit in our own hearts is in conflict with our own sinful desires, we're also praying for that battle in our own hearts, asking God that even our own attempts to set up our little mini-kingdoms, which so often bring us in conflict with God's work, or hinder the spread of the gospel, we pray that all these things might fail. It's a prayer that our longing for personal comforts and established businesses and our our family all around him, that these desires may never hinder our willingness to serve in the ministry or in the uncomfortable areas of kingdom work, We pray, may I never prevent a child from giving up wealth or comforts or family to fulfill God's calling in this life. May, Lord, remove all threats to the advance of your kingdom, even if they come from my own heart. Is that how you pray? You pray with that desire for God's kingdom that's the same as his And as we pray for the conquest of the kingdom of God in this fallen world, our focus is not on the destruction of God's enemies, but rather on their conversion. Did you notice exactly what the believers prayed for in the passage we read in Acts chapter 4? If you look at it again, you'll see. There's no vindictive desire for revenge and justice, but they prayed that the Lord would make it possible for them to continue to speak God's word with all boldness while God stretched out his hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of God's holy servant Jesus when we pray for the coming of God's kingdom we are driven by compassion for our neighbors driven by the urgency of the situation not to desire the the death of the wicked but rather to desire their healing, their repentance, their conversion, their participation on the side of the Lord in the kingdom of heaven. And God confirms that the believers were praying according to His will. When we read in verse 31 that the place where they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the Word of God with boldness. It prayed in accordance with the will of the Lord, and the Lord had granted their request. And so we pray together that God might bless the heralds that he sends out into the world, that he might remove the threats, that he might use us as heralds so that many may repent and be restored to fellowship with God to that healing that he promises in Jesus Christ that they may all hallow his name and obey his will in all submission. Our prayer moves from the Our Father statement that is focused on the church to the desires that we have for the conduct of all people. Your will be done is a prayer that all creatures might serve God in the way that God created them to serve him. That all the laws of the universe, including the moral laws of the Lord God, might guide all creatures in all that they do so that all creation might function as it was made to function in God's eternal plan. Through the teaching of our Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit lifts us up to pray for massive transformation on a universal scale. These are grand things that our Lord Jesus wants us to pray for that that move us far beyond the petty and often selfish concerns that we so often express when we pray. Think about it. How often do our prayers only focus on more things for ourselves and for the people we know and love without ever thinking of God's greater plan for all the universe? How often do we only pray from our perspective without taking God's perspective into account? Rather than placing ourselves in the center of our prayers and leaving all that God desires to see on the sideline warming the benches, Jesus taught us to put God's will, God's plan, in the center of our heart's deepest desire as we pray christ when christ prayed not as i will but as you will he was leading the church in praying for the dominion of god's will asking that it might be the supreme law that is received with gratitude and obeyed by every creature God desires that his children not only simply accept and submit to his eternal plan for this world and our own place in this plan. That's something that's really unknown to us and only revealed in time as things unfold. But he also wants his children to pray that they might be willing and faithful in obedience to his commandments just like the angels in heaven. God wants to be king of submissive citizens. And so when we pray in accordance with the desires of God, we pray that we and all people might be submissive. And this submission begins with the desire to seek forgiveness from the Lord for the sins that we have committed, so that we might be declared righteous in the way that He has established, which is not by our own merits but through the work of His Son, Jesus Christ. May God grant such humility, repentance, and conversion to all people everywhere. When, God, when people submit to God's will and are justified through faith in Jesus Christ, then God sends His Spirit to dwell in their hearts and gives them a desire to live in holiness before the Lord according to the gospel. And we pray, may God grant that all people may know the commandments of the Lord that he gave to us in the Old Testament. May all people use Christ Jesus' description of the citizens of the kingdom of heaven in the Beatitudes, the blessed statements in Matthew 5 as a motto for life may all seek to live in accordance with all that Christ and the Holy Spirit has taught us in the Scriptures. Our prayer that God's will be done expresses our desire that everyone in His kingdom might be wise in their lives, knowing what our task is and having the ability and the willingness to do it well and to His glory. What it means to submit to God's plan. Whatever our responsibility, whatever our calling may be, may He guide us to be submissive. Whether that means waiting for the Lord in times of sickness and trial, or whether it means going out and actively engaging in different works that He has assigned to us in His kingdom. Praying for God's will can be compared to to soccer players who constantly strive to play well according to the rules and the directions of their coach in the particular position they have been assigned to, who also hope that everyone else on the team does the same, whatever position they may be in. In the third petition, we pray that we might be holy. Holy. That we might be set apart for God in all that we say and think so that God's guidance in our hearts may be visible in our lives and everyone might share in the good that he gives to those who obey his will. God desires good, he said in Jeremiah. And we too desire this good. And We are on his side. He is the king, and we are his loyal subjects, and we'll sing it together. His kingdom cannot fail. We pray to express our joy at being a part of his plan. We pray to express our desire to see everything that he has planned come to their fulfillment at the end of the ages. We pray that we and all men might faithfully take up our task in God's plan as we show that the banner over our lives is the one that declares the kingship of God Almighty. So we pray, not because we have to, it's not why we pray. We pray because our greatest desire in all our lives is to glorify the holy name of God as his kingdom comes And his will becomes supreme. Amen.